The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel this morning is from St. Luke, chapter 3, verses 15 through 22, and can be found on page 1594 of your Pew Bible. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come. And the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and proclaimed the good news to them. But when John rebuked Herod the Tetarch, Because of his marriage to Herodias, his brother's wife, all the other things he had done, Herod added to this to them all, and he locked John up in prison. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too, and he was praying, and heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. And it said, you are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. So when the disciples were going about the process of replacing Judas, the betrayer, they wanted a man who had witnessed Jesus' work, all of it. One of the things that this does for us is to define the beginning and the end of Jesus' public earthly ministry. In this, what I'm about to share with you is an example of Scripture proving Scripture. Peter said this in Acts 1, 21 through 22. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. So we see that as far as the earthly church is concerned, that Jesus' public ministry began when John baptized him, and it ended 
when Jesus ascended into heaven. Now today's gospel tells us about the beginning of Jesus' ministry as he was baptized. Now the gospels, according to Matthew and Mark and Luke, they all tell us something about John baptizing Jesus, and although John the evangelist does not specifically tell of the baptism itself, he does tell how the John the baptizer testified about the Holy Spirit descending like a dove on Jesus. So, directly or indirectly, all of the Gospels and the book of Acts, they tell us about John baptizing Jesus. Again, Scripture supports Scripture. Now, during the season of Epiphany we are in right now, we consider the things that God showed to his people. And it's not hard to figure out that God wants us to see in today's gospel. This is what he wants us to notice. That is that the heavens, the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. Now that should get your attention. It's not every day that God opens up the sky and proclaims something to us. It is not every day that the Holy Spirit takes on the form of a dove and flies down to rest on someone. In fact, it would be safe to say that this is the only time that all of these things happen together in the entire history of the world. So let's think about it for a minute. The gospel, and today's gospel, tells us that the crowds, they were wondering if John is the Christ. They were ready. They all knew of the prophecies and that the prophecies would come true and that all that's left is for the Christ to come, to actually show up. John is out there by the Jordan saying, no, I'm not him, but he is coming. Prepare the way for the Lord. And then, one day, Jesus steps down into the Jordan, and he tells John, baptize me. And after the baptism, the sky opens up, the Holy Spirit comes down, and there is a voice. Now that's an epiphany. That's a ta-da moment. Now the wonderful thing about this epiphany is that we get to see our Lord and Savior beginning his public ministry as he battles to take back what was rightfully his. Now you see, God created all things, and therefore all things belong to him. And when, we, when he created humanity, this is what he said. He said in Genesis 1, 28, he says, Be fruitful and multiply 
and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. With these words, God established humanity as the stewards over all of creation. He established Adam and Eve as the Lord and the Lady of all that they surveyed. And everything was perfect. And then, that old devil, he spoke in the voice of a serpent and he asked, did God really say? God had given everything except the fruit of just one tree to Adam and Eve. And yet Satan convinced Eve that God had something that he was holding back from her. And that God did not have their best interest at heart. And Satan leveraged that seed of doubt until both Adam and Eve lost confidence in God and they ate of that fruit. And on that day, the universe changed forever. The relationship between God and man was closed. The relationship between man and woman was closed, damaged. A wave of sin swept through the entire universe just as a large tidal wave sweeps over an island. Mankind, mankind had flipped the keys of the kingdom over to the devil. And from that time forward, our enemy and the allies of our enemy have had their way with us. As we say in the order of baptism, the word of God teaches that we are all conceived and born sinful and under the power of the devil until Christ claims us as his own. And we would be lost forever unless we were delivered from sin, death, and everlasting condemnation. Now at Christmas, we celebrated God's action to infiltrate this world and to take it back. He entered this world as a baby, as one of us, and he stepped onto the battlefield as a baby in a manger, and then he grew up to be a man. And now, here at his baptism, God the Father proclaimed his attention to all who were there with John the baptizer at the Jordan. And we get all excited, we should, about this epiphany. We really should. Jesus is on the move. And the people who were there witnessed the inauguration of Christ's public ministry. The one for whom they have waited has arrived. In fact, you know, that was a time to strike up the band, break out the fireworks, and let's celebrate. 
But there are other eyes that see this epiphany. There are those who have dreaded this day. They, they remember the promise that God made back in Genesis, Genesis 3.15, where God said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. The servants of the enemy also see this epiphany. They are the servants of the one who is in danger of getting his head crushed. For these servants, it is time to go on full red alert. The Christ is about to start his offensive. Now, although we do not read the account of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness until Lent, that temptation actually takes place right after Jesus' baptism. For we know the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to do battle with the enemy, and the devil wasted no time in hitting Jesus with every resource at his disposal. The Holy Spirit inspired the writer to the Hebrews to say that Jesus is the one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. This teaches us that Jesus endured every temptation that the devil and all his allies have ever used against any person in any place at any time. The devil put out, well, he pulled out all the stops because he knew that if he can get Jesus to sin just once, that the plan of salvation will lie in ruins. Yet this sentence from Hebrews tells us that although Jesus was tempted as we are, he was different than us and that he did not sin. This meant that Jesus' baptism was the opposite of our baptism. We enter the waters of baptism covered in sin, and we leave those waters covered in God's righteousness. Now Jesus entered the water covered in righteousness, and he left the water covered in sin, our sin. And Jesus began to carry the burden of our sin at his baptism. And as we pray in the order of baptism, through the baptism in the Jordan of your beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, you sanctified and instituted all waters to be a blessed flood and a lavish washing away of sin. Now, as Jesus went down into the water, he was the only holy man on earth. And as he came up from the water, he was the greatest sinner on all of the earth. But not with his own sin, but with every sin of every man, woman, and child who has lived or who will ever live. Jesus carried it all, and it is all to him we owe. Now God the Father and God the Holy Spirit 
they acknowledged the sacrifice Jesus made as he took our sin unto himself and he clothed us in his righteousness. And when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, we know that the heavens were open and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. And Christ's mission to open heaven is the will and the work of the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit puts in a rare appearance in physical form. It's like a dove. And the Father declares his pleasure with the Son. And while Jesus is the member of the Trinity who became flesh and died on the cross, we see in this reading that all three members of the Trinity are actively involved in opening the way to heaven. Jesus was a marked man after his baptism. He was marked as a target of Satan's temptation. He was also marked as a target of God's wrath. He was marked as the one who would open heaven for all believers. Jesus endured the full fire of Satan's temptation. He endured not only the temptation in the wilderness, but Satan never really let up. He never stopped tempting Jesus. He even tempted him through his friends and followers. Jesus endured these temptations as we never will. Jesus' perfect perseverance under Satan's fiery temptation was part of the mission to open heaven up for us. And in spite of the fact that Jesus never sinned, he also was the target of God's wrath. A wrath that was so severe that Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus suffered the original baptism of fire in our place. He fulfilled John's prophecy of baptism by fire in order to open up heaven for you and for me. And Jesus blazed a trail through death that leads to life. He conquered death and he rose from the dead. And through his triumph, the way to heaven is open. And here at his baptism, Jesus took our place under the burden of our sin. And as our substitute, he carried out God's plan perfectly. The mission that Jesus began at his baptism, it was successful. He opened a way to heaven. He offers to join us to himself through baptism. And the Holy Spirit gives us the faith to receive that offer. God the Father adopts us. 
He adopts us all who believe into his family by that faith, that gift of the Holy Spirit. And so, when the time comes for us to leave this world, the heavens will indeed open. The angels will carry us home. And we will hear the Father say, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.